Blog Talk Radio. It cannot be emphasized strongly enough the beauty, purity, and perfection of who you really are. You are not your illness, your finances, or your loneliness. There's nothing wrong in your life that you don't have the power to correct, and you are unlimited in your ability to tap into that power. Welcome. I'm Janet Richmond, and this is the Higher Self Voice. Hi guys, and hello Robin, I see you're on. I'm, this is Janet with the Higher Self Voice, and I welcome everybody back to the show. And last week I did Marius, uh, he is the one who played out the role of Jesus. He's a fifth dimensional, just like most everyone listening to the show, although uh, it doesn't make any difference if you are or not. It is really good information for all of us to have. And uh, Robin did write me a short note saying that she found that show to be interesting. And I really appreciate a lot the feedback that I get, whether it's from Robin or anyone else. And I'll tell you why, guys, because in a way, I'm sort of stepping off a limb, you know, I'm stepping off the cliff by bringing you this information. And, uh, you know, in his own words from Marius, today I'm going to be doing Paul. Why is it like stepping off a cliff? Well, it may be different than you think. It's like stepping off a cliff a bit for me because I don't want anyone to get the impression that Joan Culpepper or myself feels that we are any better than anybody else. The There are many who do uh, connect with Marius as Jesus and they, uh, you know, they're mostly, I think, very well-intentioned, want to bring in higher information, want to understand things. And so when they get the the information from Christ or Jesus, often, at least in the past, I don't know so much now, but at least in the past, there was a lot of shock and awe, a lot of, you know, uh, in at times, egotistical things and arrogant things and or uh, overly humble thing, you know, approach. And I, I'm trying, I'm stepping off a cliff because there's so much context and so much preconceived ideas and feelings about Christ, the Christ concept, Jesus, and all of that, that, you know, I can very easily tap into all of that. And I really don't want to. I want to just say, hey, he's just like, all of us. He had a job to do. The job didn't go quite right for all the various reasons that I talked about. But we're all the same. And Paul echoes this feeling here. Paul echoes it very well. And uh, after I decided to do Paul's um, Paul in his own words, I went out and I was walking and I said, I called Paul in and I said, okay, what do you want me to do for the healing? And you'll see, I'm not going to tell you yet, but you'll see where this whole idea that we're all equal, we all have the pure soul essence. Some of us have been around just a little bit longer in our process of evolution, but it doesn't make us any better than, more special than, more elite, more anything. It just is who we are and we're all in the same boat with each other. And so it is very nervous-making for me to, to present information that could 
key into or trigger off or in some way touch people in sensitive areas or any of that. And I, it, it makes me nervous. So when somebody writes me even a little short email or text saying, you know, like they found the show interesting and got a lot out of it, that, that means a lot to me because it means that, you know, there is, there are people out there who are resonating and understanding the show and finding it interesting without falling into, you know, some, some preconceived notions or getting caught up in an emotional thing that I've triggered. I don't mean to trigger anybody. I, I really don't. I try to present the information as practical and even keeled as I can without dealing with sensationalism and because or phenomenon and that because that to me is more apt to trigger those things. And bottom line is you must know by now I'm a very practical person and I don't get caught up in those things. I present the information as information, the techniques as techniques, and suggest and hope and encourage you to use them to understand to whatever, but I'm not trying to put myself above anybody. I think you know very well that I'm in this boat with you all, all the time. So anyway, thank you for the feedback, bottom line. Okay, so this week's topic is comes from Paul, Apostle Paul. And this is a little bit different this week than, than it was in the last two shows I did on Marius. Because Marius came in, he's carry, he's a fifth dimensional, carrying the dual soul nature. So he has the true soul essence, that fifth dimensional part of him. And he has the facade human soul, which is like myself and like so many of you that I'm speaking to. Uh, but he comes in from his fifth dimensional level, not the human facade, Jesus, soul level. He came, he came into Joan presenting himself as Marius, okay? So his words were intellectual. They were businesslike, esoteric. Uh, at times, even hard to understand. But this time, Paul presents himself as Paul, okay? And he's talking to Joan and the group from that fourth dimensional soul level. And in, in a way, it's conversational. As a matter of fact, I'm going to, when it's Paul talking, I'm going to say Paul, and then I'm going to speak. When it's Joan talking, I'm going to say Joan. Of course, when we were there, it was obvious because Joan's uh, affect was different. But you, there's a lot you can't hear when I'm reading to you a transcript that you could hear when she was talking. But in any case, it's more chatty. It's easier for us to understand uh, and we see uh, we see since 2,000 years ago that Paul himself, at the fourth dimensional level, has gotten more clarity now than he had 2,000 years ago. So it is a little different, and I think you're going to find it interesting. Now, I did go look ahead, and I and I saw that in some of the future sessions, he does come through at that fifth dimensional level. His fifth dimensional name he gave to us is Sadakis, and he does mention it today that we, you know, we could think of him as Sadakis, but he is coming to us at the fourth dimensional soul level. Okay, in any case, I'm going to use Joan's amalgamation statement again. 
her amalgamation statements are so powerful. And I like you all to hear another way of doing the amalgamation. I like you to hear the expanded information that she gives. I like you to, you know, you might, my amalgamation statement might be totally confusing to you, but you might hear hers in more clarity and more understanding, more expansion. I don't know. Everybody is different. And also, it's it becomes clear when you hear the difference between the way I do and the way Joan does it, is that there's no one right way, guys. Of course, Joan does it similar to me, and it's a very expanded amalgamation statement because she's instructing, teaching, explaining to the group as she goes. So it is very expanded, and I sometimes winnow it down to keep it simple for everybody. But in any case, it's it's a powerful, powerful amalgamation statement. So I am going to be using it now that I'm doing in his own words. It's also going to be in her own words because <laughs> this is her amalgamation statement. So anyway, it, it, in either case, whether it's me or whatever you do for yourselves or Joan, it brings in the focus of attention and it allows us to invite in and give those divine energies permission. That is the point of the amalgamation statement, to give the divine energies permission to move into the free will, to allow us to work at that very high uh, expanded level that is possible when we're utilizing those divine energies in the fourth dimension. Okay, so here we go. This was a group on March 18, 1987, that Joan led. Okay. So this is Janet, just take a few deep breaths, relax, get comfortable, because here we go. Okay. Let's quiet our mind for a few moments. And in this state of quiet, let each of us stay consciously alert, remembering that in consciousness we have the ability to focus and direct the energy in a more emphatic, intense way. So in this state of quiet consciousness, let's focus on the light within with the understanding that this light is only a symbol of the pure soul essence. And within this pure soul essence, you carry the highest, most purest, most perfect point of power. Your pure soul essence is that absolute spark within you that matches exactly to that of the originating source of all energy. Now, I want each of us to allow this symbolic light to grow until we're completely encompassed within the center of the light. Now, let's take just a few moments and experience this power. Within this point of centeredness, you are absolute. Within this point of centeredness, your mind matches the mind of the originating source of all energy. Within this centeredness of pure soul essence, you are connected to the totality of all that exists. From the highest level to the lowest in all dimensions and encompassed within this pure soul essence, you are perfect. And now I ask that each of us be taken into the originating source of all energy. And I call to your attention that in doing this, we are moving within the pure soul essence back to the home base. You are home. I now ask that each of us amalgamate with the totality of all of our higher selves and within with any higher selves from any realm or direction who care to join with us in this session. 
I further ask that we remain conscious throughout our amalgamation and our centeredness and that each of us be open to understand, to articulate, to manifest from the highest level all that is needed and necessary at this point in time and that we take this information out to all worlds and begin to share at whatever level you are able with those who come into your own frequency. I now ask each of you to focus your attention on the symbolic circle of light that is the center of this room, this city, this town, this world. makes no difference. That's Janet speaking. While the circle of light is a symbol, it, nevertheless, it is nevertheless a symbol that activates a very real, a very viable healing energy when we collectively or individually focus our attention on it. Please place any individual situations or conditions that stand in a position of needing healing and balancing into this circle. I would ask of you to understand within your consciousness that in the centered amalgamated state that you stand in at this point in time, you carry the miraculous. It is from the centered amalgamated state that I ask each of you to begin to flow forth the energy of healing and balance. Please consciously focus your mind on the symbolic circle of light pouring out to the individuals placed there this power of the miraculous. Let's infuse into this energy the highest level of the creative life force energy. Creative life force energy being that energy that allows us to give birth to this power of the miraculous. Let us pour this out to each of those, these souls individually, infused with healing and balance, infused with the desire to accept the healing and balance, infused with absolute perfection in mind, body, soul, and spirit, infused with energies of higher heart consciousness, love at its very highest level, so that these souls may partake of this and be nourished and matured. And let us spend a moment embracing these souls in this living, viable energy, asking that the higher selves that attend this healing circle come forward in the most efficient, most powerful manner acceptable to the souls to whom we send the energy. Where peace is needed, is needed, let there be peace. Where harmony is needed, let there be harmony. Where understanding is needed, let there be understanding. Let us continue to pour forth these energies and draw now into the healing circle all unknown souls from any level, from any dimension, from any realm who are attracted magnetically to this healing circle. And they come from throughout the human kingdom universe. They come as people, they come as animals, they come as plants and as minerals. Attracted magnetically by the circle of light, let us continue to pour forth this energy for them. Let us continue to embrace in higher heart consciousness all who come to be part of this healing circle tonight. I would ask also that now each of us move into this healing circle. We too can partake of this very energy that we generate. And let us bask in this energy knowing that we too can partake of it, allowing this energy to remove us from the fourth dimensional mundane role and cares 
Let us bathe in this energy, peace and harmony to ourselves as well as others. I now ask that we focus this energy outward on the planet. We have been asked by Marius to continue to flow the energy of higher heart consciousness. So tonight, the entire energies that we have flowed into the healing circle, which include higher heart consciousness, are now taken out and focused around this planet so that the forest field of energy upon this planet can receive all that we've placed into this energy. Now let us focus this energy up into the astral band of all the planetary systems of the entire human kingdom universe addressing in these astral bands the lower levels of negative thought energy. Let us direct this energy toward the astral workers who still war, astral warriors who still war and fight toward those thought forms that deal with hatred and negativity to one to the other, nation to nation. Let us center these energy, this energy into these astral bands and ask that the fifth dimensionals in place working with the astral bands tend this eternal flame of energy that we place there to empower it with their own vibration so that this work that we do tonight can continue to grow and expand moment to moment to moment. And lastly, let us send this energy out into the totality of all humanity and to the mineral, plant, and animal kingdoms. Let this energy continue to grow and expand and to be infused so that this work continues to grow and expand and be infused even when we have finished our session tonight and have gone back to our respective lives. Thank you. Okay, that was all Joan. Now Paul comes in and we begin this conversation back and forth. Paul. There are many of you present here tonight who knew me on this planet as Paul, Joan. Now I know why I got sick tonight before I came to the group. Hi, Paul. Well, you seem a little jollier than I had imagined you might be. I'm describing to you what I'm projecting as what this Paul looks like. Almost like a jolly little elf, a laughing Buddha, which is totally out of my conscious concept of what I would imagine Paul to present himself as. For those of you who are unfamiliar with this kind of thing, I'm not in a trance. I'm not channeling Paul. I'm having a conversation with him. He is talking to me, and I'm talking to you. It's that simple. And he appears in the Paul mode, which means he's not appearing as his fifth dimensional vibration. He's appearing in the Paul mode so that we can understand who and what he is. But if we desire, we can refer to him uh, using his fifth dimensional designation, which would be Sadakus. Okay, so we continue. He says that many of us knew him approximately two years ago as Paul, and he understands that many of us have very unsettling viewpoints about him. And he's being kind because he knows how I have always felt about him. Remember, I'm speaking as Joan. This is Janet. I'm reading her words. This is transcribed. Okay, it's Joan again. And he wishes to indicate that even though it may appear through the Orthodox scriptures that he was a male chauvinist pig, as I have often called him, damn, that's Joan, uh, that was truly not the case. We should really consider the times when this evolutionary concept was played out. We already know from Marius, who played the role of Jesus, what was going on up to that point in time. And now Paul comes to us to set the record straight according to what he's saying. 
he indicates that he and I also knew each other at that time. And he says it takes one to know one because I was as dogmatic in my way as he was. Well, this is, well, I like him better already. I never really disliked you, Paul. I just wondered about you from time to time. Paul. Well, the same is true of you because we had many dissertations in those days that would see us locking horns. Joan. So I was as dogmatic in my way as he was in his. He indicates that he appears tonight seriously with us in order to explain to us a little bit about the evolutionary concepts and how they move and how they work. Apparently, some of us have had questions in our minds about the apparent backwardness of the souls in place on the planet at the time Marius was carrying the higher heart consciousness concept. And these questions have been carried out into this reality as to how we could possibly make up for lost time, so to speak, because of the need on our part to run these two evolutionary ages together, that of the Aquarian age and that of the Capricornian age. Paul, it was a very difficult time as far as the mentality of the souls on the planet were concerned at the point in time that Marius came forth to bring this higher heart consciousness concept. You might view it as an evolutionary age running out of control. It was mentioned last week that evolution continues to evolve moment to moment to moment. And because of the various manners in which the originating source energy is constantly experienced and replenished, the evolutionary move makes giant leaps forward from time to time. And each time a giant leap forward is made, the next giant leap forward is made in the much lesser movement or much lesser moment of time. If you look at the history of this planet Earth, you will see that evolution has proved out exactly in that manner. If you look at the last hundred years on the planet, you will see that a major evolutionary jump forward has taken place. And before then, there have been other smaller jumps, the Industrial Age, the Renaissance, etc., and within the period of time from 2,000 years ago until now, you might view this as an evolutionary jump in consciousness that would cover 10,000 years. Joan was involved in the idea and concept at the time of the closing of the evolutionary age, which was to be the closing of the Aquarian age. She was in female form, female body form at the time, which did not serve her well. For if you review the times, you will see that a woman that women were not given too much authority in matters re religious leaders thought belonged only to males. And she was extremely rebellious. Joan, are we airing dirty laundry here or what? <laughs> okay. He says, just to bear with him that this is important for you guys to know about me doing this, but whatever. Okay, I was the rebellious one. I didn't have the decency to cover my head in the day and age when that was the thing one should be doing as a female. Well, apparently I was carrying this defiant act to the nth degree. So he was a very, he too was a very rebellious and dogmatic person. And after that age ended, at the time the new philosophy uh, and higher levels of wisdom and knowledge about the transformation, the saving of the body while the body was alive and the state of beingness should have started to move and play out at that point in time. Paul, I, Paul, was involved in the other extreme of that role. That of, okay, there's a word that's not clear. Anyway, he, I, these tapes were old and not very good quality when I got them from Joan many years ago now. So there's some unclear words here. But anyway, 
he said he was involved in the other extreme of the role, but he didn't, I, I, there's no way of understanding exactly that. But he says, um, and it might be of interest to each of you to know and understand that I too had a facade soul, which had been processing in the same manner that your facade souls had processed. And at that point in time, I joined in to be part of the evolutionary concept. I entered in with fourth dimensional garbage in the same way you entered in this lifetime, carrying the fourth dimensional garbage. However, in that time, it was far behind the time you're running in at this point in time. And there was not the consciousness in place on this planet that permitted any of us to awaken to any high degree. For us to awaken at a high degree with that lack of consciousness on the planet itself would have created a tremendous amount of pain and agony in knowing that we were encased and imprisoned in this lower consciousness vibration. Marius was more consciously awakened than, than were the others that worked with him at that time, although the others that did work with him, based on the connections that were made with the higher consciousness, were able to more easily awaken and move into the higher heart consciousness than the general population. But the mentalities and the facade soul frequency of that day and age were not at the level that per, would permit the message to be received in its highest form. It was for this reason that Marius used the form of parables, or to blatantly speak the higher levels of wisdom and knowledge in its expandedness would have created far more chaos and unrest than was created by the parable bit of truth presented as the high, higher levels. At, this, at the point in time I received my awakening, that inner light of my own beingness, that being my own true soul essence, which was my fifth dimensional presence, but which I externalized literally as being Marius, Okay, so at that point in time, he was awakened. As it came upon me, I was, I was touched at the fourth dimensional level. My part in the mission was indeed to be that instrument which carried the message of Marius and the message of the higher heart consciousness out into the various lands and the various peoples. But in my fourth dimensional facade soul, I read those out in a manner which was not clearly understood by myself or by others who would then also become part of the problem pattern. You had, on the other hand, Joan, and then he says, whose name at that point in time was not important enough to ever reach scripture. Joan says, well, thank you very much. And Paul says, mainly because she does not fit in with the overall pattern of the message of scripture as it was ultimately played out. But she was of the opposite extreme insofar as what the message of Marius should have been. Because the concept itself had been greatly schismed based on the aborted mission of Marius, the energy of higher heart consciousness, as you know from previous discussions, was not infused in the purity around the force fields of energy impurity around the force fields of energy around the planet. Therefore, because the ultimate mission was aborted prematurely based on the mentality of souls involved with the attempt on the part of Marius, because that mission was aborted, the message then of Marius broke off into two factions. Joan, why is that, Paul? Okay, all right. What he's saying here is that had the mission been able to fulfill at the level it was intended, that being of the transformation of the body, while the body was seen as others to be in a viable state of beingness, 
the mission then would be that of what we all looked at as the Aquarian age, Aquarian age of bringing to order the divine love, the oneness with all life, respect for all life, peace with all life. So there would have been no break-off, no fact fractions that took place as to what the mission was all about. Paul, when the mission was aborted, the inability on the part of those involved in presenting the message, the idea and concept broke down and rearranged so that from where I was, Paul, was concerned, the basis of idolatry was planted. Joan, well, that's mighty big of you, Paul. This is, this is Janet. Clearly, Joan is still missed at Paul. She goes on. He takes full responsibility for it, as we must all take full responsibility for how we carry out our mission, whether we are consciously aware of how we are carrying it out or not. He reminds us again that this was a time when the evolutionary concept was running out of control. Paul. Those who had been involved with Marius and had insisted on more than one occasion that he would be the one that would lead them out of bondage saw this as a time when they must literally worship at the feet of a master. I myself, Paul, when I was empowered with my own true soul essence in that inner lighted state, misread that particular pattern to be that of Marius. This is Janet speaking. In other words, he saw his own true soul essence as external to him, as Marius. And therefore, I too fell into this idea of idolatry worship. And it was at that level I approached my part of spreading the evolutionary message of Marius. Joan, on the other hand, being the rebel that she was, had a stronger sense that this was not the proper way in which this message should be carried out. And there was a tremendous amount of ill will and bad feeling and arguments that played themselves out in a very childish way in many instances. Joan, I guess neither of us was being very mature at the time. Paul, and there were others of you present in this frequency who also felt that this was not the proper way to carry out the Marius message. So that rather than coming together and seeking a balance between these two ideas and philosophies, there was a distinct split. So I, remember it's Paul speaking, continued on my way doing what I felt was right and proper thing to do. And the rest of you continued on your way, ultimately going underground. For the intensity of the rebelliousness was such that it became quite dangerous from many different viewpoints and many different levels for you to stay above ground and attempt to coerce and to fight and to go against this. I, Paul, in many now, this is Janet speaking. This next part is very important. So, Paul is explaining his soul scramble, okay? I, Paul, in many previous lifetimes, had played out of a high evolutionary role as each of you have. In the same manner, I have built up or had built up encrustments based on all those previous existences and entered upon this planet at that point in time in a state of blindness at the fourth dimensional level which I did not completely recover from at that point in time. I will say that this is not an excuse on my part. It is simply to bring to your attention how easily the fourth dimensional vibration can mar the inner vision of who you really are at the higher levels. It is much easier at this point in time on the planet today for each of you to awaken more rapidly, more quickly, and more accurately than it was for those of us who were in place at that point in time 2,000 years ago. 
you've been told more than once that whatever message you receive from whatever level, it is received based on your own fourth dimensional viewpoint and all that has gone into your fourth dimensional viewpoint. I have presented myself tonight in order to paint a word picture for you so that you can see how this does play out. Okay, he's now going to go in to discuss his own polarity, and it's very, I want you all to listen to, to this. I talk about polarities a lot, and they're rampant and pervasive and affect our behavior and belief systems and how we operate, and Paul's giving a good example. Okay, Paul's going on. I had in many of my previous lifetimes been killed off, as all of you have, for standing up for what I believe in. This took me into a place of playing role reversal where I did not stand up for my belief in those lifetimes where others might desire to kill me off for those beliefs. This did not set well with me either because it put me in a position at the facade soul level of carrying around a sense of guilt, a sense of being cowardly, and a sense of having no courage. I then went to the opposite direction and began to build, build at a very hardcore, dogmatic level, the idea and concept that if I held a belief in something, I would go to the wall with that belief. It was from this kind of fourth dimensional soul processing that I reached that point of dogma and rigidity, which prevented me from translating my higher message in its highest, most purest form. It was that kind of wrong assumption that created the philosophical movement that you see today in its misinterpreted form. I will tell you that I've attempted to work and assist in correcting that that, that I built in my, from my fourth dimensional dogmatic belief. For in many instances, I have incarnated in the fourth dimensional human facade form in high levels of religious activity in an attempt to play the underground role of writing some of the belief patterns that have been misinterpreted. I will tell you that in future times, I will continue to focus on this planet and incarnate, incarnate into bodily forms that will be involved in religious orders and religious orthodoxy. Again, in an attempt to bring balance and sense of true understanding. So that while most of you will be working in various levels of assisting the souls who are involved enough to understand the higher message, I too will be among you in body form, but involved in working from the various levels of religious orthodoxy that are not open to that higher message at this point in time. You might understand that because the evolutionary movement has advanced approximately 10,000 years from the point in time that evolutionary age ended 2,000 years ago, that you stand at this point in a state of being far more able to listen clearly, to hear the message that comes to you from your own higher levels. This means in the, the outward, everyday, fourth-dimensional reality, you have more than we had at that point in time. This evolutionary energy is continuing to move and build in momentum, related to the totality of evolution on all levels. I speak not of just this planet Earth. We speak of the evolutionary movement in its totality so that each of you will continue by essence of being connected to that pure soul essence level to unconsciously pick up these energies which allow you to more easily awaken and articulate more perfectly that that you're telling yourself from your own higher level. 
It'll please you to know that the higher heart consciousness concept has been carried out very effectively on other planetary systems. And Marias' energy, that you think of as Jesus, but which is truly a heart consciousness concept, higher heart consciousness concept, has been a very effectively workable and usable in other time-space dimensions, which did not have the problems that this planet had in the overall evolutionary pattern was concerned. It will also please you to know that even though in this reality you appear to view things in terms of black and white, lost and found, good and bad, nothing is ever lost. For even though the higher heart consciousness concept for all intents and purposes was aborted, the energies of the higher heart consciousness were nevertheless placed in the vibratory frequencies of the planet for use at whatever time in the future as soul would desire to partake of it. Granted, it was infused as well with the idea and concept of martyrdom and agony and death on a cross and other forms of negativity, but it was placed. And with the work you do and with the work that others do in the areas of the various planetary systems, the higher heart consciousness of this planet and all other planets will be lifted to its highest degree, its very highest quality. So I come to you tonight not as the stern, austere, male chauvinist pig. I come to you tonight as an equal. Equal in that we've all made mistakes. Equal in that we've all misunderstood from time to time and not fulfilled at the highest level. We are equal in that we've all fulfilled at the highest level from time to time, whether we understood or not. And we all carry waking or sleeping that fifth dimensional frequency which goes before us, even in our fourth dimensional misunderstanding of what it is we're attempting to receive from those higher frequencies. Again, I come to assure you that it will be easier for you to hear more clearly and more perfectly that that your higher presence desires to bring to you far easier than it was for us 2,000 years ago. And in closing, I would remind each of you that you carry within you, quote, God, unquote, power. You carry within you all that you need to be, everything you want to be, whether you want it consciously or unconsciously, whether you want it fourth dimensionally or fifth dimensionally. As you continue to accelerate in your awakening, as you will, listen to what you are telling yourself from that higher frequency. It has been said that you can share one with one with the other, but it is important to understand that within your own beingness, you carry all that you need. And as you begin to be, be aware of this, you begin to, to more effectively, efficiently, and quickly awaken. You could see this like standing on a slow-moving ramp starting 2,000 years ago. And the evolutionary mo- movement continues to grow and expand moment to moment as the originating source is strike that moment to moment that ramp begins to move a little faster then it moves a little faster and a little further then faster and further so that by the time you reach this point in time you have a cannonball running at a very high rate of speed faster than the speed of light so you stand in a place of understanding that you can't judge what did or didn't happen 2,000 years ago and you Use that judgment as a measure as to what you will attain and all that you can do at this point and in this reality. But be your own best friend. Be your own best God. You are the power. 
you will become the power that you are. Listen carefully, discern, and remain ever open to expanding levels of communion and conversation with your higher selves. You might say this is Paul signing off, moving into the Sadakus mode, becoming a brilliant spark of light as this laughing Buddha, elfin-type figure changes form to become that higher frequency. Joan, I guess maybe, maybe I was the female chauvinist piglet. Well, that was interesting. Explains a lot about Paul, doesn't it? Yeah, I thought there was maybe a lot more, but you see, I do have a thing. And this is a good example of a fourth dimensional thing because I was a little resistant and I guess to be quite honest about it, maybe I didn't want to hear his rap. Maybe I didn't want to understand what it was all about, but I felt there was a lot more than I was getting and I didn't feel like it was reluctance on his part to reveal it. He didn't have a willing instrument on my part. That was Joan. She was acknowledging her long-term disdain and negative feelings about Paul. And we actually knew she would talk about it from time to time before any of the this group came in to be reflected. So we knew going in that she didn't really like Paul. She was angry at him for spreading around this idea of idolatry and things like that around these various lands. And he explained very well, but she still has that uh, at that point in time where she was you know, giving this information. She's laid long ago laid outside the body, so I'm sure she's, um, it's different now. But at that point in time, still that she sensed there was more that she couldn't get because of her own resistance. And so she was really owning it. Now, I just found it completely fascinating. And as I'm going through this material again, I mean, I remembered a lot of it from many years ago because it was so fascinating. But there's more that comes up, more understanding, more expansion in my perception of these things, because, of course, I've gone through a lot more since, I guess, almost 30 years ago now. So when I decided to do Paul, I wasn't sure where to focus the healing. So when I was out walking, which is a time where I often get a lot of my information and do a lot of my healing, I called Paul in to say, what you know, did he have some idea how to go about the healing and what direction should should I take, et cetera, et cetera. And it, and it was very, very interesting. He came right in, and I asked him about, first of all, I asked him about the, the jolly Buddha smiling thing, and he said, well, even though they weren't as awakened to the higher heart consciousness energy as Mariah's, those in that group were awakened much more than the general populace. And he said that he was, his message was very well received because he carried a genuine loving quality. He said, I was sort of the every man grandfather. And he said, so people trusted me. They, they felt the genuine authenticity and they took in my message. So he said that, that, in fact, the good news was that he did carry this, um, 
this awakened higher heart consciousness in comparison to most of humanity's then. And, and you know, he said it was a double-edged sword, in fact, because it made his message more more acceptable to everyone around it because they could feel that loving and the caring that he carried. So that, I thought, was very interesting. And so I said to him, well, okay, uh, what do you... What do you suggest that I do for the healing? Well, this was a surprise, and he suggested several things. First of all, he suggested that I bring in the entire group from that time period, Marius himself, all the apostles, Joan, and all of us, known or unknown, because I don't know if I was part of that group or not. I've never gotten that one way or the other, but there were many apparently in the group that have been in that time period, and I'm sure there are many of you that I'm speaking to that was in that time period. So he suggested that I bring in all of the, those, that group and begin the healing there. Because he said, as he pointed out so clearly that they were carrying, like we all carry the fourth dimensional energetic garbage. He said, we still have issues. He said, I'm not reincarnating choosing to reincarnate over and over again into the religious orthodoxy to try to bring that the concept up to a higher level because I don't feel bad about it. The fifth dimensional part, the Tadaka's part, fully doesn't connect with any guilt or any resulting emotional issues. But he said the fourth dimensional part for all of us still is difficult. And I don't know, I can't remember if I told you, but actually I have been um, connecting with Marius when I was doing working on the Marius things. And I think three times I did a mini, little mini healing on him because I could sense when he came in, even though it, it kind of, I guess he, I don't know whether he was, I'm not sure, but I kept sensing that there was some deep despair, deep upset. And so I, so I said the first time, hey, you don't seem so good. And he, I said, would you like to do a healing? And then, so we did, I did a healing, just many things on him and I, three different times, like five minutes, no, no biggie. So I know what Paul is saying is correct. And certainly we can see that Joan, at least at that point in time, she still carries some resistance, some upset, some anger or frustration or whatever you want to put it that, you know, she was at the other extreme. So it made sense to me. Uh, and then he uh, wanted me to also not only call in and have sort of the focal group of those people from back then, but to expand it because all fifth dimensionals in, in carrying the dual soul nature have had, as he mentioned, we've all been on different planets and unable, been unable to carry out the mis- mission at the highest level. So we've all carrying at that fourth dimensional emotional uh, thought level, we're carrying the energetic baggage of feeling like we failed or feeling guilty and or ashamed or whatever. So he wants it to, to begin with a focal point, but with the understanding that we're actually there to work on the totality of all the fifth dimensionals related to this kind of mission thing. And this is important now because we have a big mission. We don't want to come into this mission, which we're here on the planet, to really bring the higher heart consciousness concept up to the highest level. But 
also to continue to uh, move forward. We're running two different ages at the same time. So we have a big mission, but we don't want to come to it. We don't want to go into it with feelings like we fail or feelings of guilt or feelings of whatever, fear. Remember Paul talked about how he was killed off for talking about his belief systems. So then he went to the opposite polar extreme and decided, oh, I'm not going to talk about them at all. And then he started to feel like a coward. So we don't want to do those kind of things either, which, so that's why it's important to work on all of us, this fear of the destiny and all of that, which brings me to the second thing he suggested. And that was that we work also on the polarities again. And I did work on the polarities. I can't remember when, but week or two or three ago, I don't remember, but he said, it's very and very important. And this idea of how he jumped from being killed off for his beliefs, then he jumped not airing them and then feeling cowardly. Then he went back into spouting his beliefs and, and was totally rigid and refused to compromise or, or back down in any way or allow any other interpretations in because of his rigidity. This this kind of thing is very normal and how this is so normal. This is really what my second book is talking about. And one of the first stories, the true story that I talk about, it's Charlie. This is in Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. Charlie had this same kind of approach and it's very normal. He came into one life, it wasn't his first life as a human or anything, but he came in at one point as a woman, was early-ish on in his journey, but not right at the start. He came in as a woman and happened to be a society where women had absolutely no say. The men were the total, totally dominant in every way. Women couldn't do much of anything in that society. While he came in with a great, with a rebellious quality, you know, a bit like Joan, maybe. Um, but in any case, he came in with a rebellious quality and was constantly frustrated and feeling squished. And I'm not giving away much at all because his story is complex and fascinating. In any case, he leaves that life. He's made the decision that he's never going to be a woman again. He's never meant to be a woman. He's never going to be helpless and powerless like that again. And he moves into a series of lives as only a man and moves into this sense of arrogance and, and stuff, you know, jumping off of his uh, bad, one bad experience. And he moves to the opposite extreme from someone who is powerless to someone who is powerful. And he moves to the point where he becomes very arrogant and anyway, but that's just the beginning of the story. It's fascinating, and I encourage you guys to read the book. Again, it's Soul Psychology, Our Journey Through the Human Kingdom Universe. It is available on Amazon, uh, and it's available as an ebook. And uh, I am want to very much make it available as an audiobook, but I am not there yet. Anyway, so this thing about how we can jump from one polarity to another and plays out in this sort of way, and how we can rigidify ourselves in that way. And Paul suggested that I work on that, too. So he 
actually suggested a couple of other things, and then I forgot because I was out walking and I have a bath, a bath, and for some reason I didn't get to it until hours later, and I just thought, wait a minute, there were a couple of other things. I'm hoping they'll come up, so we'll see. But right now we're going to do, go into doing a healing uh, for all of us, for those who were present 2,000 years ago, and then expanding it as well. So we have, like, we're going to have, like, two circles. We're going to have the, the inner circle or, or those, those, uh, uh, those people who are sitting in the, uh, the, the inner rim of the wheel and then an outer rim, and then there'll be an outer rim after that, and that'll be anybody and everybody, past, present, and future from the whole universe that can relate in whatever way to the issues that are coming up for all of us. Okay, so even though Joan did bring us into a state of amalgamation in the beginning, I am going to briefly move us forward to refocus us on the the pure soul essence and all of that power of the miraculous that Paul pointed out that we carry. And I would like everyone now just to take a deep breath. This is again Janet on the Higher Self Voice. I'm about to do a healing for everyone. And I appreciate everyone joining in. Okay, so I want everyone to quiet their minds again. You probably are thinking a lot of thoughts. This is very interesting, but let's try to become centered and focused on the right here, the right now. And you can do that simply by listening to my voice. It allows you to sort of leave the thoughts outside of you. They are part of you, but we want to leave them outside for the moment, not have them actively involved. If they do become actively involved, once you're aware of it, move them to the outside again. And continue to focus on the right here and the right now. And I'm seeing the circles of souls that we have uh, decided to, or Paul has suggested, and I have certainly agreed to work on uh, his suggestion. And I'm seeing the two circles. Actually, there's three circles. But right in the center is quite a large circle. All of those who were involved in the higher heart consciousness concept it way more than you would have thought because we normally think of Christ and his 12 disciples but as we now know Joan was there she's fifth dimensional uh, Joan is certainly here she's not only it's interesting because she's here as a fifth dimensional and as a fourth dimensional so the fourth dimensional part of themselves are sitting I, I'm sorry guys but the, it's the facade human soul are sitting in the center on that circle. And uh, many, many, many are on there. It's much more than just a dozen or two. I, you know, there's got to be hundreds and hundreds here of fifth dimensionals um, that were present 2,000 years ago on this planet. And I'm terrible with numbers. It could be thousands. But it's much, much more than you might have thought. Okay, and they're presenting. It's their fourth dimensional side. So I see Jesus there. Not as Marius, but as Jesus. I see Paul, I see Peter, I see Mary, I see Joan, um, and I see various others. I see Judas even. Um, and a lot, you know, I wouldn't necessarily pick up. But there's many there, but they're also present as fifth dimensional, their fifth dimensional selves. For that fifth, fifth dimensional selves, they are going to be facilitating and helping with the healing. So, okay, so right now I'm seeing that circle. I'm seeing another bigger circle. I don't seem to be in that center circle. I don't know that personally I was there at that time, but I'm certainly on the next circle. Those of us, um, 
all the rest of the fifth dimensionals really that have been involved in helping uh, with infusions of concepts and new age, con- not new age, but evolutionary concepts on various planets all around. And all of us have had problems. We've all had missions that were aborted or missions that didn't go very well or missions that went okay, but they weren't at the highest level or whatever. So we have all of that. And then on the outer level, I see many other souls, just a huge number of other souls that are coming in to for the help to move past their own issues, their own uh, similar feelings, because it's say we deal with guilt when we know everybody carries guilt or we're dealing with fear everybody carries fear so we have tremendous amount of souls and i would say a lot of past present and future listeners around the outside they're no at all is anybody less important than anyone else we're sitting on circles here there's no head of the table okay there is no end of the table or bottom of the table or table near the kitchen or you know there is no lesser anybody in this healing so we are all on this huge in this huge arena and right now the first thing i want to do is to have us focus on the the forever now moment by the way is already set up that that came in really quickly um it's sort of automatic now because enough of us are aware that this happened so it doesn't uh it doesn't necessarily, I don't necessarily present it to you, but sometimes the higher selves have me mention it so that it's in the conscious. So we're working in the forever now moment. It's huge, mind-boggling, huge. We are now going to focus on becoming one with the amalgamation of the higher self, calling in any other uh, higher self from any other realm or direction that wish to join with us. And the fifth-dimensional nature, the fifth-dimensional part of all of us are part of this conglomerate higher self energy and they're here we are giving them permission by focusing on them because the higher self the fifth dimensional part comes from the divine will level so we are focusing on them having them become one and we're going to ask them to bring this healing into the very highest level we are also now going to focus on the pure soul essence and with that focus immediately i see that symbolic light filling the the arena it's just so brilliant so intense it's as if we've created our own giant star much much bigger than the sun itself so much bigger than the sun itself it's bigger than the galaxy it's just huge it's just this brilliant light because we have a lot of souls here uh that that the light is just incredibly brilliant and okay And we are going to become one with and move into the center of the originating source of all there is, going home, as Joan spoke of, uh, becoming one with the the energy of all there is, allowing us to reach in and tap in and receive information, uh, energy at the very highest levels that each and every one of us can handle. It is bringing the healing into a state of perfection and purity. I also want to activate uh, from from this energy, this creative life force energy, because the creative life force energy, as Paul very clearly stated, is what will give birth to the power of the miraculous, to the higher heart consciousness, 
to the perfect balance, the perfect healing, and all that we want to work on. So we want to activate the creative life force energy, and we want to activate the higher heart consciousness energy. So we're going to begin by um, focusing. Let's just place everybody in that symbolic healing circle. And we're going to begin by focusing the energy on that inner circle, but only for a nanosecond, and then we are going to focus it on the next two circles as well. So we're going to first focus on bringing in the uh, higher heart consciousness, the clarity, um, clarity of vision and expanded perception, the divine forgiveness, the divine love or the higher heart consciousness, the divine acceptance, divine nurturing, Okay, and it's spreading. It's going first that inner circle, and then I see it spreading to the next circle and the next circle. Nobody is being left out. No, no one is being left out. It's just that I need the focal point, so it's a little bit easier for me because there's these other circles are so humongous. It's hard for me to really hold it all at once, but it's easier for me to move from one symbolic circle to the other and so the energy is doing just that simply to facilitate my perception um I, what i understand from paul is we're all going to get past some of these limitations we have and i'm working hard on that and i do fully stand in the center of that uh, perception that possibility so okay so now i want to encourage all of those from that 2,000 years ago, and then all of the rest of the circle to begin to let go of any guilt that we carry, any feelings of failure, any feelings of being less than or of screwing up or of um, being afraid to try again, being afraid to get up off the ground after we've fallen or get back on the horse after we've fallen all those kind of fears and you know that somehow we're going to fall off again somehow we're just going to keep failing somehow we're never going to succeed somehow we've let people down we've disappointed people we have disappointed ourselves we have let ourselves down we are frustrated we are angry and we move into the blame blaming ourselves or blaming others uh and i'm seeing um, Judas is is really resonating with the blame thing because he was one was very very angry that uh, from what I'm understanding what I'm picking up for him and I didn't just the other day I was saying I don't really fully get the Judas role but he was very angry at Marias because he was awakened Judas was awakened really um, quite a bit he he interpreted that he understood that that Marias was, or Jesus was misunderstanding and misinterpreting the message and not carrying it out properly. And Judas went into a, an arena of anger and blame. And he also carried this sense of this humongous responsibility that it was up to him to make this right. And so it, it was such a burden on him. Uh, I mean, who knew? But he felt a burden. Because he felt, because he understood the concept, he believed that he understood the concept at a higher level, and that it was up to him then to get the concept to go right. He had the misunderstanding. He didn't grasp 
fully that there was no way that that anyone could have gotten the, con- the higher heart consciousness correct. He didn't grasp that fully. Um, he because they didn't understand back then what they're explaining to us now about the difference in the densities of the energy and the densities of the soul around uh, around there, uh, the humanities around them at that point in time. So they their understanding was limited, misinterpreted, and so, but in fact, the, so interesting, because what I'm getting from Judas at this moment is that his anger and his rage and his frustration and the burden he felt to get it right was in fact the propellant that he, that, that propelled him into taking the role of being the betrayer. And in fact, it was already co-created that he would be a betrayer. It was uh, the way it was going to play out because it, the mission was aborted. Um, but he couldn't have done it without that rage. But he's not proud of himself. He doesn't feel good about the anger and the rage and the justification. So he he wants to release all that. The blame. He you know he just blamed Marias and he doesn't like that he blamed Mariah. So we all carry blame, don't we guys? So let's release all the blame. Now, a lot of it is self-blame. He came out of it being ashamed of himself, just like Paul. He didn't like feeling weak or cowardly. So we all carry those kind of things. So shame and blame and feeling weak and feeling like we could have done it at a higher level, not being proud of ourselves, uh, of how we behaved this this feeling that our behavior was just not what we would want it to be. And we've all behaved in ways that we regret. So regret is also another issue. And I am seeing a lot of releases. It's just like there is so much release going on, that inner circle. I see the inside is just dark, black almost, just, you know, the the fourth dimensional facade soul still carries so much stuff is coming out that was there before 2000 years ago some of the garbage and the garbage that the additional garbage that was taken on in that those lives that that, was, that lifetime for all of them and and the following lives whether it's Marias who has not returned or Paul who has returned several times within the religious orthodoxy each soul is handling this aborted mission in their own way and so uh, uh, just so much of this stuff is coming out and now i'm seeing the higher selves are drawing my attention to the space between the inner circle and the next circle out and that also is black which means that everybody else all the fifth dimensionals with a dual soul nature that are on that that next circle are also releasing their own issues that they went into infusing concepts and they came out of the concepts that weren't properly infused or didn't move to the highest level or were aborted in some way. So we have all of this and there's a lot of um, rage and a lot of anger and a lot of blame, a lot of agony. There's just a lot of sadness and grief because the underlying it all, each and every one of us carries that desire to be of service. We've all got the true soul essence. We all have the fifth dimensional 
true soul essence. And if you recall, the fifth dimension is a service dimension. And what it does is all the souls there are servicing. We have tons of choice. We can choose how we do it. We're servicing the evolutionary process. Uh, of the four lower kingdoms. So we all come in with this tremendous desire to help, this tremendous love for the four lower kingdoms. Much of the sojourn before we volunteered was helping the four lower kingdoms. We all carry this tremendous desire to help. And so when it doesn't go right, for whatever reason, in whatever way, there is so much sadness. There's so much grief because because the souls that are are there the the human souls or or the animal souls or whatever soul it is that we are there to help and whatever infusion uh, evolutionary concept we're working on when it doesn't go right we hurt for those souls that didn't get the benefit of the higher energies so there is also a lot of sadness and grief and i see that coming also from the inner circle there is a lot of sadness and grief and feeling like they let people down so there is just this tremendous sense of responsibility that that we've all let people down we've all let the four lower kingdoms and whatever situation or condition down in some way and the reason all that disappointment and sadness is because there isn't a at the fourth dimensional level, so much of the time we were never able to get the higher message that each soul is responsible for themselves. And if they didn't pick up the message, didn't get it at the highest level, it, it is because they weren't ready for it. Remember, the higher heart consciousness, as Paul said, was infused in its purity. It was also coupled with martyrdom, negativity, suffering, etc. But the purity is also there. So if the soul is ready to take that purity in, it will. But the souls there weren't ready. So in effect, it isn't that anybody failed, but we didn't have that higher understanding at that point in time. So, so let's just keep releasing the misunderstanding, the misconceptions, the misinterpretation of what our role is to be. Our role is to present as best we can, remembering that just carrying that true soul essence, just carrying that energy that goes out 24-7 and is picked up simply when we walk into a grocery store, that if that's all we did, we're successful. And every single fifth dimensional carrying the dual soul nature is successful because we carry that fifth dimensional true soul essence we carry it so we're giving it out 24 7 so no matter how we in a more active manner pursue or follow or uh, process an external mission or destiny no matter how we do that we're still providing all that is needed and necessary for the souls around us to take in to take up to utilize in their own uh, their own way at their own timing so we just didn't have those concepts and we didn't understand that. So we took on tons, just over huge amounts of feeling responsible and burdened and fail, like failures and guilt and all of that. And 
it's it's a heavy heavy burden that we've all taken on over these eons of time and then when we avoid doing it we take on the burden of feeling guilty that we didn't do it that feeling that we're we're cowards you know feeling the fear and then being angry that we were afraid so let's re- let's let go of all of the fear the fear of the destiny the fear of failure the fear of letting people down, the fear of screwing up, the fear of success even, the fear of being killed off, the fear of being exiled, the fear of um, loss, the fear of loss, the fear of grief, the fear of sadness, the fear of despair, the fear, the fear of complexity, the fear of uh, getting it wrong the fear of getting it wrong the fear of not following uh, picking up and understanding the very highest level you all know from me janet that if you've listened to my show over six years you see quite a change and i've often said we don't want to lock into any one truth because tomorrow next week next year things will expand and that's exactly what's happened with me and you've if you've listened to my shows over the years, you can see the expansion. I'm not done expanding yet. None of us are. None of us are. We are all going to continue to move up in the expansion of understanding, move up in the expansion of thought, move up in the expansion of perception, uh, interpretation, uh, and and conception. We are all going to continue to expand to to areas we're not even going to be able to relate to or imagine at this point in time. So again, let's just release this fear of the destiny, fear of getting it wrong, fears of pain and loss and suffering. Fear of pain and loss and suffering and then I want all that pain and loss and suffering to also move out and I'm just seeing a tremendous amount of dark hugely amount of dark smoky thick disgusting gunk and I get to see it it's going into the light but the higher selves allow me to see it so that I have the understanding and the knowledge that there is a lot that's being released and I feel really good about that. Now I want to focus a bit while that's all being neutralized and cleared and continued to process. I want to move to the outer layer. This is every other soul that is drawn to the light at whatever level. Um, I do see animals and I do see humanities on this outer realm rim and that's absolutely perfect. Um, Now, I'm not too sure. I do see that they've done a lot of releases, but for the animals, some of the issues that I'm talking about aren't rel- you know, relatable. So I want the higher selves that are in charge of the animals and if they're plants or any other um, you know, non-human uh, souls on this outer circle, that they be facilitated, all their work be facilitated by the higher selves. And the higher selves are indicating to me that when I called in, you know, all the higher selves from any realm and direction, I did call in without being conscious of it, the higher selves that work with the lower kingdom. So we have much help here to help facilitate the releases and the um, 
bringing into a state of balance and higher frequencies these souls that are on this outer rim. And there are a huge amount of humanities here. I, you know, symbolically, I, I have no idea. But there's a huge amount, and I think there's way more than just this planet. So um, at this point... Okay, so that's ongoing, and and the indication that I have is that they want us to move the healing on, and they want us to start to move all these beautiful healing energies that that are in place here that we've activated both through Jones and my amalgamation. We want to move this light, this incredible light, out in in through and around the totality, the astral and the force fields of energy around this planet. And provide all this light to the astral workers and to all the higher selves that can direct and facilitate and accelerate the use of this light to help clear the negative uh, energetics that are carried um, not only from the from 2000 years ago from the aborted mission but also from all time so we're we're moving that out and this light is just sort of beaming out and it's moving to many other planets and and to and it's permeating the astral the conglomerate astral that's that is literally the astral around all the planets that, that have human life so we're absolutely pulsing out this energy to facilitate the dissolving and neutralizing of the negative patterns, the negative energies, the negative perspectives, the negative behaviors, the negative emotions, all of this kind of thing. It is being, um, all of that is being helped by this pulsing out. We have a huge group, very, very powerful energy moving here. Every time somebody listens to the archive show and goes through this healing, it is all activated again. And of course, we do leave all the energies infused wherever we have, so it continues to help. So that's really good. And the the one of the things that it is working on, which is another thing that the um, that Paul suggested is that I see very much symbolically that this energy is now moving in to facilitate the neutralizing of the polar perspectives, the polar behavior, the polar viewpoints, uh, the rigidity of the two extremes. And this is very important. So right now I'm seeing it almost, usually I see it like a um, pendulum with the upswing reaching these polar opposites but this time it's it's interesting i'm seeing it like earphones so the the two things that go over the ears are the two polar extremes and then the connection is the earphones and and this in a way is a really good symbol because it's more solid than the swing and that's what i see it's almost as if this polarity approach and so many levels is solid it is it's been so infused, so uh, intensely utilized by so many people and so many approaches and so many philosophies and so many uh, studies and so many everything, uh, so many souls as they've moved through their evolutionary journey that it is just absolutely like this big solid earphone. So I want everyone to to send and this is this is a symbol and it's representing the polarity approach that each and every individual in the group the uh, the three uh, circles and also the polarity approach that is very heavy 
in the astral and the conglomerate astral. So we are now working at a symbol, very symbolic level, but it's going to address the this approach in on a many, many different levels. Okay, so that's just I want everyone to start to focus this the light on these sort of gigantic earphone looking kind of symbol. Remember it's just a symbol, it's what's behind the symbol that the energies that we're focused we're focusing toward it are going to heal. And so we want to bring in divine balance. We want to bring in the creative life force energy again so that it can help create the balance that we are looking for. And immediately I'm seeing I'm seeing it start to fizzle. It's almost like it's losing some of its solidified nature. It's just great. How did this happen so fast? I want to also infuse to this creative life force energy the power of the miraculous. And we want this to, and divine understanding and divine uh, reach across the aisle. Very important to reach with understanding, with love, with acceptance, forgiveness, uh, We want and respect. So we want all of that to be infused in the creative life force energy. And this symbol of the big, solid, dark, black, yucky, you know, earphones representative of this polarity pattern is really, it's lightening up, it's uh, getting softer, it's beginning to dissolve the earphones part or beginning to dissolve in the earphone part uh, over the ears. Uh, like the Princess Leia hair, that that part is really dissolving, which means that the the extremes are beginning to be dissolved. And when the extremes are dissolved, that means that the balance, the understanding at the middle ground of compromise, of other viewpoints, of res, you know having respect and understanding for different sides, losing the rigidity, all of that is much easier. It's easier to reach when the extreme parts are being dissolved. I mean, it is great. And it's allowing for hearing. Now, this is hearing in a much higher level because this two extreme viewpoints, it was as if it cut off the hearing. So maybe, you know, we think of earphones as bringing the music to our ears to make hearing better. But in fact, these are mufflers more of a muffler thing than earphones. Okay, I'm changing the symbol, but you understand what I mean. It was muffling. When we're extreme, we can't hear the other side. We can't understand. We can't respect. We aren't seeing it um, and, and valuing the other perspectives. We are cut off in those two extreme positions. And because the earmuff part is being dissolved, it is absolutely helping our ability to hear. Now, hearing, of course, is symbolic of all the senses, hearing, seeing, uh, feeling, touching, all of that. Symbolically, we're able to be more aware, uh, more sensitive, more respectful, more connected to other things other than our own rigid viewpoint. And so, and, and this is coming about, the higher self are indicating, because so much was released, released in the other three circles 
that it is allowing for a lot of that rigidity to dissipate, a lot of that polarity stuff to dissipate. And I'm sure Paul is pretty happy about it. Um, I know I am because I'm so aware of this polarity thing and I talk about it until I'm blue in the face and you know that I do. So we want to dissolve this whole, um, continue to dissolve this, these earmuffs. And they're really, really dissolving. And whether or not it's going to make a huge change in the world tomorrow, I don't know. But we have infused the power of the miraculous. We have infused the creative life force to help that become, oh, let's infuse the desire to reach across the aisle, to bring in balance and harmony, to understand, to see, hear, and interpret and, and and understand at the higher levels. We want to infuse in that creative life force energy the desire to do that, the desire to move forward, the desire to be clear, the desire to unfold, the desire to do the destiny pattern, whatever it is. Freedom from fear, the divine yes for ourselves, divine connection to our own pure soul essence, true soul essence. Uh, the originating source, the higher self. Uh, okay, so here's what I'm saying. The, the earmuffs are greatly dissolved. They are still present, but almost just as sort of a not fully formed, like you might think of a ghost, not fully formed, but they, there's like a hinge at the top. I don't know why there's a hinge, but in any case, that's still there. The hinge is still there. In other words, anybody still has the choice of moving to one extreme or the other. That hinge is still there. It's still holding up and connecting the two polarities. But, hmm. Let's direct the light there because to me that symbolizes that people still believe that you have to be on one side or the other, that somehow you have to choose a side or you're weak. Uh, so that we want to send light to that and ask that light to permeate the misunderstandings about it because I'm definitely getting that this is symbolic that in the, you know, that we need to, to neutralize the belief that we have to take sides, that we can't be neutral, that we can't be the Switzerland during the war, that somehow one side is, on both sides, the viewpoint is, you know, you need to believe in my side because my viewpoint is right and correct and valid, and the other side feels the same way. And there's a lot out there that says you have to pick sides. When two people get divorced, a lot of their friends take one side or the other, either the husband or the wife. And what that pin is, is we want to tackle the belief that you have to choose sides. And, of course, that belief's around, been around forever. Often children feel they have to either side with their mother or side with their father, whether somebody's told them that verbally or not. And we carry it from so many lives that we have to pick sides. You know, there's wars, there's conflicts of all sorts. And so if you don't pick sides, you're either seen as irresponsible or maybe stupid even or weak or cowardly or um, 
you know, unsupportive. It doesn't matter. So we want to neutralize the idea that we have to pick sides. doesn't mean you can't pick a side. But to get rid of the knee-jerk reaction that says, oh, you got to pick a side. And so without even thinking, without even discerning, we pick a side. Automatic pilot. We are neutralizing the automatic pilot that comes into play from that belief. And that is, I don't know whether I'm not explaining it right, but I don't see a lot of movement on that. I don't see a lot of movement. So I'm asking everyone to keep focusing the light on that. Okay, I do see it getting less. So thank you, everybody. I do see it getting less. And a lot of it is just confusion because we are so, there's so much polarity and so many levels and so many arenas. This is good for you to eat. This is bad for you to eat, that kind of thing. Um, We have it everywhere. So there is a lot of confusion. And so, again, it isn't the idea that you can't ever decide, well, this is good for me to eat. It may not be good for you to eat, but this works for me and my body, even if it doesn't work for you or your body. So you might pick a side. I'm just giving a completely simple example. But at least we don't pick it out of automatic pilot. It's the knee-jerk reaction the, and all the emotions and beliefs behind it that we're neutralizing. And I do see it. It's definitely getting less intense, less solid. It's still there. And I want to, I don't know that we're going to get to, I get to that completely, but I do think we've made inroads. The Charlie story in my second book, he had this miserable life as a female, and he made the automatic pilot decision, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, being a female is absolutely not who I'm meant to be, and he immediately goes into the male lives for eons, doesn't address, doesn't develop the feminine soul aspect that he carries, that we all carry both at the human level. So, and even fifth dimensional level, we all carry both. So, so in fact, the, the, you know, he delayed the evolutionary process because of that knee jerk reaction instead of looking at it. Well, this female life, I can learn from it and let's try to develop it choosing a different type of life, a different type of society, different type of culture, whatever. So, the knee-jerk reaction prevented a a more helpful kind of uh, choices for him. So that's what we're trying to solve here, resolve here, is the knee-jerk reaction. So we automatically go to the other side. That's appalling. Oh, I was a coward. I got to go, go to the wall with my beliefs. Well, going to any extreme closes out the other options, other perceptions, other possibilities other ways of seeing things. He closed out bringing into his own conscious mind, which is what we all do when we go to these extremes, the uh, expanded interpretation of the information he was getting. So he never did come to understand in that life that he was misinterpreting his own pure soul essence and externalizing it and putting it as Mariah's. So that became something to idolize. And that's what he he spread. 
So that's what we're working on here. And, and Paul, I don't know why, he's standing up and he's cheering. He's saying, come on, let's work on this. Because he saw that, you know, it really didn't help. So he's really encouraging everyone, whether you understand it fully or not, to keep working, sending the light to this automatic pilot, these, these automatic behavioral systems that just knee-jerk reactions to uh, misunderstanding. So you go from one misunderstanding and knee-jerk yourself into another one. So, okay. See, this symbol is, is related to the totality of, of everyone. It's a huge symbol, it's representing for all, so everybody. So in fact, it doesn't surprise me, we can't completely get rid of it, but there has been tremendous amount of movement. This whole earmuff thing that I mistakenly saw as, um, anyway, the earmuff thing, it absolutely is, it's representative of the totality of the humanity. So it's really, the fact that I don't see it completely gone is actually a little more accurate than if I saw it completely disappear. But it definitely has lost, lessened its intensity, lessened, it, lessened its hold, lessened its uh, solidity, or so it's less solid, um, less entrenched. And that means not only within the soul minds of the individuals, but also in the astral, because it's representative of the astral as well. So we did good, guys. Okay. Let me just check. Okay, so we're good on time. Um, I just want to uh, check all the symbols. I want to go around and see if there's anything else I need to address. There's a lot of processing still going on. I'm still seeing a lot of releasing, and the the dark energy is moving right up into the light, dissolving and in intensifying, empowering the light. And each individual's release is going into their own light. I see it as a complex um, conglomerate image, but the higher selves have always explained that if if I'm releasing something with a group, it, whatever I release is going into my light, being neutralized and becoming part of my light. So. We, we, we do contain or continue to expand and brighten our own light, which is great. Okay. I'm, I'm just getting the A-OK. -okay. I see a tremendous symbolic uh, conglomerate cocoon going around the the group and so the processing is going to continue even though we aren't actually doing it anymore and with that it's also going to help all of us that have done a lot of processing on more than one level and with that the healing part is done so i want to thank each and every one of you for being a part of it i do want to say that next week i'm actually traveling on wednesday I'm going back to Houston. My daughter had uh, a son, as I told you, if you hadn't heard. And her husband is going to be out of town for a couple of weeks. So I'm going to be with her and help her. Still very new. And uh, her son is, is about three weeks old now. So I want to be there to help her. And then, of course, we have the holidays. And so it's going to be a wonderful time. But I am going to be traveling on Wednesday. 
And so I'm going to try to do a pre-taped show. I still don't know if I'm going to have time to do it, but I do know what I'm going to do. So this next show, whether it's pre-taped this coming week or the following week, because I will be continuing the show while I'm out of town. It's just the fact that I'm traveling and I can't do it when I'm on the plane. Um, It's going to be interesting. Joan reflected right around the time where Marius and and Sadakis and various uh, fifth dimensionals from that 2,000-year period uh, higher heart consciousness group come in. She did reflect to six dimensionals. So, and these are aspects, six dimensional aspects, and it's pretty interesting. And it sounds very much to me like the fifth dimensional part. She does struggle a bit because she's pulling in really high frequencies at this point. And I thought I would combine the two of them. There's uh, Dias and Jaredus. These two six-dimensionals, they explain a little bit about uh, some interesting things. And I thought I would combine the two, leaving out bits and pieces here and there that aren't as important or aren't as relevant to, to, you know, to the show and all of that. So anyway, I'm hoping it'll be interesting for you. It's, it's just very, there's a little bit about evolution explained, um, the step-by-step process of evolution and all of that. And there's just, there's just a lot of stuff that's explained. And so I think that's going to be the next show. So we'll take a little break. Then I'm sure I will come back to either Marius or Paul and probably do some sort of combo with them as well. This whole idea of in their own words is going to take me through the end of the year, mainly because it's, less prep time for me. It's still a lot of prep time. I have to read a lot of stuff and then I have to be careful that, you know, I have, I do do some light editing, et cetera, et cetera. And I do prep for the healing. I don't know exactly how the healing is going to go, but at least get an idea of how the, what to do in the healing, like, like, you know, what I did now. And so, but I know between helping my daughter with her baby and the holidays and all of that, I knew I wouldn't have as much time to prep the shows in a different way. And that's why I'm doing in, in his own words. And that of course can be Paul or Marius or Peter or Mary in her own words. We only had, Mary only came in as Paul explained females in that time period did not have a great say in things spiritual. So I will probably, I have to read over what she says what Mary says to see if it's something valuable for you all that I take one of my few remaining times because I think I only have four shows to the end of the year and then I'm going to be continuing the show but it'll only be an hour and I'm going to be doing healing so for those of you who are interested in getting healing again please email me at info at janetrichmond.com send me an email let me know if you want a healing and if people, if I don't get an email, no biggie, you know me, I can always come up with something to heal. So there will be healings. It doesn't take any prep for me other than taking your email and copying it onto the paper so I, you know, can read you whatever the person has requested. So that's, that's the scoop. 
And so I am going to continue the show, but again, just an hour, it'll be Wednesdays as usual, but 10 to 11 instead of 10 to 12. The, when I sign up for the show, it automatically shows two hours because that's what I get for the package that I have, but I'm only going to be using an hour or an hour and five minutes. I might go over. I don't know. But in any case, I'm keeping it shorter because I do have a lot of changes coming in over the next year. So, and I will definitely let you all know. Also, one of the shows, I haven't decided whether to be the last show of this year or the first show of next year. I will work on healing 2016 and bringing in uh, as many empowering energies as possible for 2017. Because we've all had some ups and downs this year, some difficulties, some unex- a lot of unexpected things happened. And so I want to address all of that from 2016 and try to clean the slate a little bit so that we can bring in 2017 coming in at a higher level. So that's sort of my general plan, guys. And thank you so much for being a part of my journey. And I hope that you help me so much. I hope that goes in return. And I love you all. And again, I don't know yet if next week will be dark. I'm going to try to do the pre-tape show. I just can't tell you right now uh, because I'm pretty busy between now and trying to get out a week from now. So we'll see. I'm keeping my fingers crossed. But if it's dark next week, I will be back the following weeks from Houston, but at the same time. Okay? All right. And with that, I love everyone. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. And are moving into the next holiday season, whatever it might be for you, with joy and happiness. Okay? All right. I love you guys. Bye. Thank you for listening to Janet Richmond and the Higher Self Voice. Visit Janet's website at JanetRichmond.com to view all of her upcoming events or to buy her book, Choices neutralizing your negative thoughts and emotional blueprints.